Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. Here, you will find recordings of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. Now, this podcast is not intended to replace your Bible study, to replace your weekly church attendance, or to be your sole source of spiritual instruction. Go to church for that. This podcast is for members of my class who happen to miss a week here or there and don't want to fall behind. But before you listen to this episode, you may want to go to teachings.gym314.com and download student or teacher handouts, as well as any PowerPoints, so you can follow along visually and see what we saw in class, as well as take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app. I'd recommend Overcast. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dave. <clears throat> My name is Darla, and I'm going to be teaching today. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started reading um, our scripture passage, starting with Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> reading through 13, 14 talking about fulfilling the law through love today, specifically. Excuse me. Romans 12. Excuse me. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one in bo- are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. 
Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. If you would also permit me, I'm going to read a couple of uh, short parallel uh, passages. Um, 1 Peter 4, verse 7. Above all things have fervent love one for another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever. Amen. In John thirteen thirty five, As I have loved you, Jesus speaking, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know 
that you are my disciples. I love it. Um, this is one of my favorite passages that Gary always uses when he preaches about, um, I love it when he prompts us to say, you know, by all men, my, all men will know that you're my disciples if you go to Sunday school every week or if you go to church every week or if you read your Bible. And that's kind of the way I was brought up to believe that this is the way people will know that you're a Christian. And that's not what Jesus says about how the world will know that we're Christians. It's reflected in our love for one another. And um, finally, in Galatians 5.16, love is the first word in the fruits of the Spirit. So to me, that's kind of uh, important. Uh, first of all, I'd like to tell you a few things about myself that will play into this lesson. Um, some of you have heard Jim tease me about being an introvert. I am an introvert. I, I did not know what that meant until um, I had a teenager, and um, I realized, I didn't even know, you know, I never even heard the word really. I guess I just kind of blew over me, but I learned that I was an introvert, and my first child was not an introvert. He was an extrovert, and I had a lot of uh, adjustments to make <clears throat> as a parent. Um, the second thing I'd like for you to know about me is that I'm a rope holder, and if you don't know what that is, I would refer you to um, a lesson that Jim taught um, almost seven years ago to the day. It was October the 3rd, 2010, um, a lesson called Bible Characters You've Probably Never Heard Of. And um, that lesson changed my life, really, because I learned that um, being an introvert is okay and that um, I had the gift of rope holding. And I know technically that's not listed in the Scripture as um, a gift, but it is my gift. Um, and some of you in here know what I'm talking about because I've held ropes for a lot of people in here. Um, so, it's not hard to um, come up with the conclusion that the standard for our behavior is love. Um, it's not what comes natural to us um, along the lines of being an introvert. I jokingly say I don't really like people. And it's... It's generally true, <laughs> but I love everybody in here, and I love this church. I've learned to love since I've been here, and that's what I'm going to talk a lot about today is what it means to love people. Um, we fall short of loving. That, that's our sin nature. Um, one of my favorite quotes that Brian um, says is, I love me some me. I love me some me. I'm, I love my ideas. I love uh, the ways I do things. Just ask my husband. My way's always right. <laughs> it's the best way. It's the most efficient way. It's I just love me some me. Um, it's true. And when he said that uh, some time back, I was like, that's me. Oh, that's so me. Um, we all fall short. We all love me some me. That's the bottom line. We don't really love anybody better than we love ourselves. I mean, we, our default is always us, ourselves. Um, as a mom, as a wife, that's me. Oh, excuse me. Um, but we've been declared righteous, not made righteous. And that's a big distinction because 
we are in the process of being sanctified, and that's what it means when we're when we are in close communion with like this is our Sunday school class, we learn how to love each other and we're being sanctified through that. We're get, learning how to get along with each other and how to serve each other. That's part of our sanctification. So if you fall short of loving and you know you do, like me, it's okay because we are being sanctified. Um, and today we're going to talk about um, how to put feet to that because my favorite part of any of Jim's lessons, I told him this this morning, are the apply and the personalize. So... So what do I do with that? I love that phrase. So what do I do with that? Um, I love to, uh, I like the little short sentences. It's easy to visualize. It's easy to put into practice. It's easy to remember through the week. It's not, you know, some nebulous concept. And so today I'm going to jump right into the apply and personalize because I think we all know that we're supposed to love people and that love is the standard um, we're going to talk about the one another's because the Bible uses that phrase a lot, the one another's. And I've brought uh, two of my many dolls. I love dolls. I've always loved them. Um, I have quite a collection at my house. I do not like Barbie dolls. Barbie dolls are not dolls. Um, I like baby dolls. And this summer, my husband and I had a chance to go to Iowa and um, while we were there, I picked up a few, this being one of them. And he, he does have clothes on. You can't see them. He has a diaper on. And anyway, uh, I have two sons uh, that I lovingly refer to as Thing 1 and Thing 2. Uh, my first baby, Thing 1, this was Thing 1. He was, uh, you know, I never had a baby before, so I didn't know. He was just like this, real stiff, hard to manage. Uh, he'd be starving to death and you'd, you know, go to give him a bottle and he'd be bowing up on you. Has anybody ever had a baby like that? I, that was my first baby. Um, and I, I thought, well, you know, it's okay. Still my baby. I love him. But he was kind of stiff and kind of wiry and not real, not real huggable and lovable. But, I mean, I loved him anyway. And this is kind of the way, this is me. I found out later that this was my temperament. Um, the Lord used my son to teach me that, my thing one. And uh, this is a lot of people that we go to church with are some stiff people. Um, harder to love, but nevertheless lovable. And then I had thing two, uh, a little under two years later. And the first time I held Thing 2, I knew something was different about Thing 2. He was real squishy. And he would, he was just like dead weight, you know. He was just like, he would snuggle up to you. It was really cool because I was like, oh, I like this. Even though I'm not a, you know, I'm a stiff person, he was really easy to hold and love. And you could just, you know. He was just a sweetheart. And that's some people in this church that, you know, our body that we uh, call Stuart Heights. Some people are just easier to love than other people. Um, that's not me. Um, I'm more of a stiff porcupine kind of a baby. Um, but I have friends that um, in this church that are... Uh, 
this kind of a person and they're, they love me and I love them, but I've had to uh, put some limits. And this morning, uh, Margaret Golding was in here and I was like, I can't believe she came in here, sought me out this morning to hug me. Now, I've asked Margaret to stop hugging me at least 10 times. <laughs> and I, I love Margaret, and Margaret loves me. We're in a Bible study together. And after about three months of knowing her, I said, Margaret, you got to stop hugging me. <laughs> she looked like I had just, you know, I, I said, I'm, I'm not a hugger. And if we're going to get along, you got to stop hugging me. <laughs> and she does really well, except every now and then she falls off. <laughs> Like this morning, she came right in, and she's got those arms that go out like this, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I do hug her every now and then. I do give her a hug. But, you know, when we're out there and Daryl's doing the, you know, hugging thing, I'm a side hugger. I'm really waiting for the option of a wave. <laughs> I see you. That's good enough for me. I don't really need you to touch me. Um, but... That's just me. That's just who I am. And uh, when I first started going to the Sunday school class, Jim used this term that kind of makes me cringe, and it's, let's love on some people. I was like, eh, I, don't, I don't love on people. Not generally. But several years back, he presented this new concept that I really liked. Do you remember talking about the class that you took at work? And you're talking about leaning in? Oh, that's a term I can I can hold on to, lean in. I can identify with that. I can lean in. And I really took that to heart, and I started learning how to really physically lean in to people because I am an introvert, and I don't want you to touch me. But you need to be touched, and you need some of you need to be leaned into whenever you've got something in your life. So I, I love that, um, the leaning in principle, that some of us love on each other and some of us lean into each other. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Um, that's the, the, the who we love or the one another's and the how we love is individual. I've demonstrated the different ways here that the two basic ways that, you know, categories that we fall into, the introverts, the extroverts, and whatever else you want to put on there. But, um, how we love is individual, and we don't all um, we don't all have the same burdens. We don't all have the same gifts. And I'm going to talk today a little bit about uh, where we love is the context of the church. Now, in this passage and in the passage that we read that Jesus spoke, he was speaking to his disciples. And um, years ago, when we did the Rick Warren um, book. I, I loved that because it really spoke to me in a lot of different ways. But um, what's the name of that book? I can't. Purpose Driven Life, the Purpose Driven Life in the Church. Um, There's some things in there that I needed to hear, and I'm going to read a quote to you from um, that book, The Purpose Driven Life, from Rick Warren. He said, "God wants you to be in regular, close fellowship with other believers, so you can develop the skill of loving." Love cannot be learned in isolation. You have to be around people, irritating, imperfect, frustrating people. And I grew up in a home where um, 
we had a roast preacher for lunch a lot of times. And um, I, some of you may not be familiar with that term, but it's not good. Um, oh, we often were subjected to, you know, hearing about the faults and the failures of the church people. And when I read that passage, irritating, imperfect, frustrating people, it made sense to me because how else are you going to learn to love? I was a great parent until I had kids. And then I found out what a lousy parent I am. So how am I going to learn to love people if I'm not rubbing up against them every day in fellowship with them and learning to love the people that like to hug? And I do love Margaret. I love her dearly. She's in my Wednesday night Bible study. And um, there's so many things about her that I appreciate. Um, This works in the other direction, too. Modeling love rubs off on people. And so however it is that you're gifted, when you demonstrate using your gifts, that rubs off off on people. Um, Another uh, quote from that same passage from the book is, um, a church family moves you out of self-centered isolation. It is the classroom for learning how to get along in God's family. It is a lab for practicing unselfish, sympathetic love. Um, earlier I um, told you that I was a rope holder and this refers to the fellas who uh, lowered the Apostle Paul um, in a basket over the wall to escape persecution and um, I had never thought about um, those people that were holding that rope as he went down very important people to Paul at that time I mean, some people stepped up to the plate and said, here, let, let me hold that for you and let you down safely. And um, as an introvert, I really love that because I can hold people's ropes and um, I don't have to hug them. <laughs> but you know what? Holding their rope means praying for them. It means letting them know that you're praying for them because... Um, they need to know that you're praying for them. If you're that type of person that uh, Dave talks about how he doesn't, you know, if he if he's committed to pray for you, he's going to do it right then because he may or may not remember later. Um, that's not me. If, if, if I commit to pray for you, I'm going to remember to pray for you. That's just who I am. I made a commitment to you, and it's something that I can do... Um, in my quiet time, and it's the way that I love you. And a lot of you in here know that I will tell you, I'll write you a note, I still use snail mail, I love you, I'm praying for you. And I've held a, a lot of people's ropes in here and still do. Um, another phrase, this is it's fun for me to be able to stand up here and teach because I'm getting to tell you some of my favorite things about this class um, and about things that I've learned. Another phrase that Jim uses a lot or did uh, for a series of time was what's in your hand. I love stuff like that because it reminds me, it's simple. What's in your hand? In a day's time, there's so many different things in my hand, but I find that there are some things that are in my hand more than other things, and I have tried desperately to use those things to bless other people, to love other people. It doesn't have to be um, um, 
a Bible study. Uh, it doesn't have to, it, it can just be whatever's in your hand for the day. And I'm going to call out some people in here that I only see one. Um, whatever it is that you have in your hand that you've been gifted with, when you use that gift, um, invite somebody to come along with you while you use that gift. Um, I see Shanda over here. I um, learned how to love the dying from Shanda. Not too long ago, we got to stand by the bedside of one of our friends in her last hours. And um, as an introvert, I would have never put myself in that place. But Shanda was willing to go with me, stand there. And she has that gift. That's what's in her hand. She does this. This is who she is. And she demonstrated to me how to love a dying person. Never, never in my wildest dreams would I have ever put myself in that place. Um, there's another gentleman in our church named Red Hall. <clears throat> years and years ago, Red and I worked in a ministry at uh, Hosanna House, and he was completely and totally comfortable in that atmosphere. He taught me how to love the handicap. He, he never missed a beat while I was like, you know, standing over in the corner like, okay, what do I do now? He was serving and demonstrating to me how to love the handicapped. And, you know, in a few short months, that became natural for me. I picked that up from him. Um, another one of my friends, I used to, Doug and I were in a Sunday school class years ago. I don't know how we ended up in this Sunday school class, but everybody in there was... 30 years older than we were, at least. There were no no one in our age range in that class, but we loved it. We loved the people there. Uh, Sandra Willard was in that class. And uh, years ago when we started the ministry for um, the homeless, and uh, I signed up because, you know, I want to use what's in my hand. And the very first thing they asked me to do was spend the night. I was like... <laughs> Spend the night with the homeless. Well, Sandra Willard had no qualms whatsoever about it. She She's not afraid of anything. I don't know if any of y'all know her, but she never missed a beat. We signed up. She was my partner, and she taught me how to love the homeless. She was completely comfortable there. She was friendly, and she was hands-on, and she was, you know, she's... You know, one of those people that likes to touch people. She would put the children up in her lap. Now, I know y'all think this sounds crazy, but demonstrating that for me was was so important just to pick up one of those little kids and put them on your lap. I, I'm just very grateful for her um, and for each one of these people. Lori McDonald's one of my dearest friends. Um, She's one of those friends. She's your 3 o'clock in the morning friend. She's my 3 o'clock in the morning friend. Uh, she knows me pretty well, and she still loves me. That's very significant. Um, she has this habit of when she gets invited to participate in a ministry, she says to whoever asked her, yeah, I'll do that if Darla Skinner will help me. I have been roped into so many different things, <laughs> but she knows that I, I will do it. And when we first came to this campus, uh, she was asked to teach children's church. And um, 
She told Daryl, yes, I'll do it. If Darla Skinner will do it, she'll help me. And so I was in. Uh, and I would have never done that in a million years, but she taught me how to love the littles. And today, I'm still teaching children's church. And I'm perfectly comfortable with that. It doesn't freak me out. It doesn't scare me. My point is, is that we have to model loving. And whatever, you don't have to create some gift. Whatever your gift is, use it, model it, and invite somebody to join with you in that. Um, because that's where some of us, you know, we need that example. Um, I spent... Uh, the last two weeks in a courtroom here in Chattanooga on a jury duty, and um, it was a very unsettling experience. But at the very end, the thing that was the saddest was that this uh, young man that we were trying, he had no model whatsoever in his life, none I just can't imagine a kid, a, a child coming up and having no, you know, no modeling uh, for uh, socially acceptable behavior. But that's where he found himself. And um, it, it's very important that we model uh, loving. And that's how I, I learned to become more loving uh, in this, in the fellowship of this church. <clears throat> And so then we move to the when we love. The when we love is now. In this last passage, uh, part of the passage, uh, verses 11 through 14, it reminds me a lot of uh, a list, a sermon from my growing up. I, I was in a very legalistic church. And, um, you know, they had our lists all made out for us, what it looks like to be, you know, a good Christian. And, of course... Everything that was in this passage, you know, don't don't drink, no orgies, no sexual immorality. That was really high on the list, and no sensuality and quarreling and all this. So <clears throat> I could not uh, resist my little outline here. When we love is now. It's time to wake up. We don't have time to waste anymore. Um, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Whatever's in your hand, start using it today. Um, it doesn't have to be spectacular. It can be something very simple. But start now. Don't wait. Um, the second part of that is take up. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And uh, this will be my movie quote. Jim, I do not think he's referring to lightsabers. So put your lightsabers down. It's as close as I get to Star Wars. I'm... I'm the weirdest person you'll ever know. I have never seen an episode of Star Wars. Don't even remotely care to see one. Uh, I don't care what you say about it. I'm not interested. This is this was in for Jim. Come to the bark sign. Um, 
Verse 13, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. It's time to shape up. And lastly, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Dress up like Jesus. Um, it's no coincidence that I start teaching a series of lessons today in Children's Church on the uh, the Last Supper. And uh, it's kind of interesting that this coincided with that. But remember the upper room? We've talked about that this morning a little bit to love one another, um, where Jesus put on a towel and he got on his hands and knees and he washed the disciples' feet. Um, it's time for us to dress up like Jesus and start serving one another and loving one another. Um so let's personalize this. Loving is hard. Loving is hard. Um, it's hard for me. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not really fond of people. Uh, but, but I have learned to love people, and I love all of you. And if you don't love me, then you can put some of these principles into practice. Um, <laughs> Loving is hard. Look at the cross. I mean, love is love is hard. Love is costly. Pay your debts. I don't like um, owing anybody anything. Uh, my husband and I, as different as we are, uh, one of the greatest blessings we've had in our marriage is uh, our. Uh, financial thinking alike. Uh, we, we're both very frugal people. And uh, we've, we don't like owing anybody anything. And we've worked really hard to that extent. Uh, but we still are in debt to pay, to owe love, to do, to love people. We're still in, we're, I'm not free from that debt as, as, uh, I would like to be free from other debts. Loving is costly. Pay your debts. And thirdly, loving cannot wait. Start loving today. Loving people is... Um, it can be hard, but it can be so easy. We make it too, We make it too hard. All you have to do is find out what's in your hand and model that and... Um, people will pick up on how to love one another from you. Because we all have something to bring to the table, even introverts uh, and porcupines like myself. We have something to bring to the table. So thank you very much. Thank you.